0: Corinthians chapter 9 verse 19 through 23 and we're carrying on then our series of being authentic, our journey. Remember authentic as we had a look last week is summarised as to be known as real, to be true and accurate as per the original. So authentic to be summarised then is to be known as real to be true and accurate as per the original we began last week by looking at the fact that this is not always easy in a counterfeit world we saw didn't we just in the the moments of having a bit of fun with the quiz how close it can look like it's true but in actual fact it's false and if we're not careful We can be duped, confused, misguided because we have forgotten to check the book. This is the book that I reference, the Bible, the Holy Bible, given to us by God. His very word, it is God-breathed. Timothy says he's useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training the person in righteousness so that we can hold fast. To what God has called us to do. So in order then to be authentic, we have to know the word. But I would add to that, it's one thing knowing it, but we also have to do what the word says, as we looked at last week, to live it out. Not waver from it, because it's easier to stand over here but to stand firm upon what the word says. The more we know the word then, naturally the more comfortable we are. Is that not fair to be uh, said about most things? If we know our subject, we're comfortable to talk about it. If your specialist area, your hobby, your interest is football, you'll be very comfortable talking about it. If it's rugby, you'll be comfortable talking about it. If it's photography, you're comfortable talking about it. If it's fashion design, you're comfortable talking about it because that is your thing. Cycling, dancing, baking, the list goes on. But if that's your specialist subject, then we're able and we are confident to share in discussions with it. Now, the question for us this morning is, or should be, our specialist subject should also be the word. You could hear a pin drop. Should our specialist subject, along with our hobbies and interests, also be the word? Because surely it's up there, amen? Paul, in our passage today, has to know what the Word says in order to be as bold and as brave and as outside of his comfort zone as he goes in order to share the gospel. He has to be bold. He has to be brave. There's so often times, and we discussed this in uh, our Bible study just on Wednesday evening, 7 o'clock. If you're able to make it, there'll be one this Wednesday evening at 7 p.m., but they're vital for us because it allowed us to have a discussion and say, well, sometimes I don't share because I don't quite know or I'm, I'm, I'm scared that I might get it wrong. I might say it wrong. And listen, we're all in that boat, every one of us. Nobody's confident enough to say that is absolute and I'm more than happy with it when it comes to a discussion and questions are sprung on you. Give me 20 minutes, then I'll give you the answer and say it with absolute confidence. But in the heat of the moment, sometimes we struggle and we struggle to recall what the Word says because the pressure mounts. If it's anything like me when it comes to numbers, 10 plus 10 is 20, but when the pressure's on, I don't even know what 10 looks like. I don't know why, but my mind goes completely and utterly blank. It's really difficult. And we can have that with the Word, that sometimes I know what the verses are, but to try and recall them or to even think about what the Lord told us to do or not to do, I just don't know in this moment. Give me half an hour and I'll be with you. But what I want to have a look at in this passage that we're going to see with Paul today is he was bold, he was confident, and he was able to share in situations and circles of groups that perhaps he wasn't the most comfortable with on the outset. But there's a caveat to this because I want us to be real. And that's important because we're being authentic. Paul was... A well-studied man, okay? So let's not be naive, and I don't want to leave you uninformed this morning. Paul was a well-studied man. He was a Jewish zealot. He was a Pharisee, the son of a Pharisee, a Benjamin, as we found out. He studied under the best teaching of the Jewish law. But in order to know the truth and so become effective for God, he also met the risen Christ. They're pretty good credentials, eh? He met the risen Christ. Paul was on his way to Damascus to go and find Philip in order to drag him back to Jerusalem and throw him in prison or worse. Saul at this point. And the the risen Messiah met him and said, Saul, I'm going to turn your life about and you are going to be my messenger to share the gospel to the Gentiles, to kings and the children of Israel. So Jew and Gentile alike, kings and just us ordinary people, Paul, you are the man that I'm going to use to share. So let's not be naive and let's not be misguided. But nevertheless, there are things that we can pull from the word this morning in order to help us on our journey as we look to share the good news about our saviour. Verse 19 of chapter 9. Though I am a Uh, I am free and belong to no one. I have made myself a slave or a servant to everyone to win as many as possible. To the Jews, I become like a Jew to win the Jews. To those under the law, I became like one under the law, though I myself am not under the law. So as to win those under the law. To those not having the law, I became like one not having the law though I am not free from God's law, but I am under Christ's law. So as to win those not having the law, to the weak I became weak to win the weak. I have become all things to all people, so that by all possible means I might save some. I do all this for the sake of the gospel that I, might sh- I may share in its blessing. Let's just pray. Heavenly Father, we just ask as we look into your word now that you would just speak through me. Father, you'd speak through your word, that, Father, our hearts and our minds might be receptive to what you've got to say to us today. And, Father, we thank you for your word. And we pray, Lord God, that we might lean on it, we might learn from it, we might fix it in our minds. So bless us this morning, we ask, as we look together. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. So Paul was free. And the question is, why and how? Well, the answer is simple. He is free because of Christ. He knew, as we've just read, that the law, the, the law that we see, the Ten Commandments, the, the laws that the Jews built upon, he knew that the law would not free him. But Christ's sacrifice on the cross, his resurrection from the dead, had freed Paul from the sin and the bondage that he was caught in, that there was no way. And no other way that he could possibly become free from that. And he is now then free from sin and death as we are, as we've accepted Christ as our saviour. Sin will not hold us back from being in the presence of a holy God because Christ has dealt with it as I put my faith and my trust in him. I don't deserve that. And as Paul goes on, he says, it's by grace I've been saved. And we'll have a look at that. So now then, he's actually free. He's become a slave or a servant. Now he's actually free. He's become a slave or a servant to all people, as we see. It seems a little bit of an odd choice to me, doesn't it, you? That when you're free, stay free. And when you're free, perhaps you're in a position where you go, well, I can, you know, sort of lord it over everybody around about me. I'm free because I am saved. I am free because I've been set free from the bondage of sin. I am free. And one day I am going to be with my saviour in glory. I am free. But of course, that's not morally great behaviour. But more than that, it's completely and utterly wrong and inappropriate. Paul couldn't stand there and say, I am free because of what I've done. It's nothing to boast about. Paul boasts in Christ. Amen? And we should do the same. I'm not free because I've done anything. There's no way I could possibly earn it. It doesn't matter how good I am. It doesn't matter how much I give to charity. It doesn't matter how, you know, whatever... It does not matter. Outside of Christ, there is no way back to God. The Bible is really clear on that. So Paul boasts in Christ because of his freedom. Because Paul hadn't earned his freedom, he couldn't boast about it, just like you and I today. We've accepted Christ as Saviour, and we've been given life in and through Christ. Amen? Paul also says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8, and these are the verses that I was referencing, he says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from you, it is not from yourselves, it is a gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. And verse 10, he says, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. And that reference there, those verses there, tell us, yes, of who Paul is because of Christ, and also who we are, as we put our faith and our trust in Christ, but it also alludes to the fact that Paul was called, as he is God's handiwork, called to do the Lord's work on a day-to-day basis. He was called to share, as we've already said, to Jew and Gentile, to kings and common man, Paul was called to do just that. So in his mission then, to share the gospel, Paul became a servant to all peoples, denying himself, putting himself last. Now, I won't ask the question so that you can answer, but a rhetorical question. How hard is it to put others in front of you? The answer is, it's really difficult. In order to put somebody else before your needs... Feels like it's hard. And I'm not talking about the first one through the door. Because that's just rude. <laughs> but the, the real things of life that I'd be happy to share, I'd be happy to give. Ken alluded to last, uh, a few weeks ago and told us about the gravity of a situation as a boat was sinking. And those that knew the Lord gave their place up, their life vest up in order for others to be saved. That's what I'm talking about. Self-sacrifice that puts others before yourself. Paul denied himself in order to reach people for Christ. Let's have a look at verse uh, 21. To those not having the law, I became like one not having the law. Though I'm not free from God's law, but I'm under Christ's law, so as to win those not having the law. And he also goes on in verse 22, to the weak I became weak, I've become all things to all peoples so that by all possible means I might save some. It's for the sake of the gospel, the good news about Jesus Christ, that Paul put himself out there, that Paul stood firm. And he knew the word in order to stand firm on the word so that some might be saved, amen? Paul had to know who he was. He had to know whose he was and why he was because otherwise, I am absolutely certain that he could have easily become confused. He could have become waylaid Uh, and maybe even misguided. And don't we find that, that that that's really easy to happen? That if I don't quite know what the word says, and I don't quite fully understand it, that if somebody says something that sounds just about right, then I can go along with it, because, well, I don't know. This is why I challenge you so often as a church, don't just take my word for it, because I get things wrong. Go and look in the word for yourselves. What I've preached on, go and find out for yourselves, because we have to know the word. We do not want to be misguided or waylaid or confused because we've not understood what the word has said. Listen again then, just go back to verse 20. He says, to the Jews I became like a Jew to win the Jews. For those under the law, I became like one under the law. And then the verse 21 alludes to the fact that he lives almost lawlessly, but of course he doesn't. Because as we see in the brackets, though I'm not free from God's law, but I'm under Christ's law. What Paul was saying to the Jews, I became like a Jew. To the Gentiles, you and I, those that are not Jewish and Jewish heritage, then I spoke and I lived with them. Not to offend them, not to confuse them, not to waylay them, but I lived and showed them. And again, with the Jewish people that Paul adhered to the law, not because he was under the law, but so as not to offend those around about him. Because the moment that, and remember, uh, offence is something that's taken. You can't give offence, people can take it. And when you speak the truth, sometimes people take offence. But the reality is it's the truth. Paul didn't want to confuse people He didn't want to um, have them have little huddles and discussions going, this guy doesn't even adhere to the law. How dare he speak to us? But Paul, when he was with the Jews, he became like a Jew. And of course, when he was with the Gentiles, he became like one of them and said, look, this is what the word of God says. Paul had to be completely and utterly authentic. Because if he, he wasn't, he'd be in a world of pain. And the reality is that if we try to be something we're not, we get found out really quickly, don't we? If we try to be something that we are not, we get found out really quickly. So the way that Paul delivered the message, the way that Paul shared the gospel was in an environment every time that showed who he was because of Christ. Not what he was, not what he came from, but he started with the basics. I don't want to offend you. I want to get alongside you. I want to build relationships with you. I want to share the good news about my saviour, the Lord Jesus Christ. And church, the worst way to do that is tell somebody what they're doing wrong before you even start. Because the last thing they want to do is listen to that. People need to be felt like they're loved and cared about and being authentic, living as the word calls us to do, doing as Jesus did. We can share in a fallen world The good news of our Saviour, the Lord Jesus Christ. How many times did we see Jesus do that? As the woman was brought to him, it was caught in adultery. And he said, let you without sin cast the first stone. Jesus was the only one there that was able to, adhering to the law. But he didn't. Why? Because he showed that person love. And the most important thing in that situation was to love that person. And for everybody else around about to see that there is a better way. There is a way that reaches the lost. There is a way that cares for those around about us. And we have to be, as Paul is here, all things to all people. But we cannot deviate from what the word says. And you say, Matt, how is that possible? Let's carry on. Paul was absolutely certain, as I've already said, who he was whose he was, and why he was. And we have to just clarify that. Who he was, he was a sinner saved by grace. Amen? That's who he was. He was a sinner saved by grace. But God. And that is the only reason. That's who he was. Whose he was, as Ephesians 2 verse 10 has already told us, he is God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus. He was first of all a sinner saved by grace, and he is God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works. Why he was? John 3:16, Because God so loved. Because God so loved the world that He gave his one and only Son. That's why He was. Because of what God had done. God who could judge. God who is a righteous judge. God who is able because he put the stars into space, created you and I. Could sit there and say they deserve hell. But he didn't. He sent his saviour. He sent his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. He sent one that was able to deal with our sin and our shame. And that is why Paul was, because God loved him. And now you imagine then, if God had said, right, I want you, all of you here this morning, I want you to get your lives right. Get them perfect, and then you can come to me. Well, we're all in a bit of a mess, aren't we? Thank God that he loved us. Thank God that he gave his very best for the very worst of us. God said, here's my very best in the Lord Jesus Christ, who's going to complete the law that you can't possibly begin to achieve. We fall down at every single hurdle. Here's my son who is perfect, God in flesh. He's going to do what needs to be done and he's going to take your place on the cross so that you don't have to come to me perfect. I want you to come to me broken, I know, God says, I know that you're broken. Sin has taken a a place in all of our hearts. Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But God did not say, you're on your own. He said, here's my saviour. Now, if that's not love, I don't know what is. The Bible says, while we were still enemies of God, Christ died for us. While we were still enemies of his, he died for us. Now, when you listen to that and you soak that in, you take stock and you say, God, how do you want me to share the gospel? How do you want me to to give this good news? Listen, the first point of call is to love people. The first point of call is to love people. The example is what God has shown. The example is what Jesus showed Numerous times. The example is to love people. Church, we're to serve the world, yes, but we're not to be part of it. We're to serve the world, but not be part of it. That means we have to be authentic, as Paul was here, in order to meet people where they're at, to know what the Word of God says, so that I'm not misguided, or I'm not moving people away from what the Word of God says, but we're standing firm and true to the Word. I don't want to offend you, but I want to share what the Word says. It's not my opinion, it's what God has laid out. Amen? So therefore, we're able to share from a place where we know that we were loved, that we were saved, that we have been set free because of what Christ has done. And then I'm able to share from a place that says, because of what he has done. I'm able to share even with those people that don't look like me, don't sound like me, have different ideas, ambitions and drives than I do. But we're able to love. We can find common ground with everybody, can't we? We can find common ground with everybody, and you might think, Matt, that's impossible. Listen, we all eat and drink, don't we? Else we wouldn't be here, some of us too much. i hold my hand up. But we, we all have common ground. We all breathe air. We convert that into oxygen that enables us to breathe. We breathe out carbon dioxide. We all do these things. So we're able to find common ground and there is always common ground to be found. As a rule of thumb, church, if you listen to nothing else, listen to this. As a rule of thumb, good news before good advice. Amen? Good news before good advice. Because if we don't build relationships with people, if we're not authentic with people, if we don't love people as God has called us to love, it doesn't matter how much advice we give. It will never be taken. It is just empty words. We need to show people who Christ is, what God has done and what his love has done for each and every one of us, what his love has achieved. Not their flaws, not their failings, not their sin. That's common ground too. We'll get there. But let's start with God loves you. And they say, how do you know? Because the Bible tells me. God so loved the world. Are you not part of it? For God so loved the world. He gave his one and only son. That if we put our faith and trust in him. That we will not die. We will not perish. But we will have everlasting life. Sure this is going. But the bit that makes me me. Will be in glory with my saviour one day. Not because of anything I could do. But because of what Christ has done for me. So we share from a place of love not judgment. This church is how we share, and that is how we're authentic. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, again, we just want to thank you for your word this morning, Father, for its encouragement, and Father, for its reality. Father, sometimes it's important for us to just take stock, to just see who we are, whose we are, and why we are, And I pray, Lord God, that you would help us to seek you in everything that we do as we share the good news. And Father, I pray for those that don't yet know you as Lord and Saviour. Father, whether in this building or about this town, throughout this country, throughout the world, that Father, that you would help us to share the good news of our Saviour in our small corner of the vineyard. That Father God, that we would love people, that we would care for people enough to share the good news with them from a place of love, not judgment. Help us, Father, we ask, to continue to shine a light for you. We ask these prayers in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen.